0: Now we have a lot of items on here tonight for the youngsters, but right now for all of the youngsters, here are two comedy scenes with the Muppets, and I'm quite sure the adults will enjoy them too. The Muppets.
1: As a kid, I watched The Muppets on The Ed Sullivan Show in the 1960s.
2: Puppeteer Karen Prell.
1: They were making appearances on just so many TV specials and, and variety shows. And every time The Muppets were on, I was just sitting right in front of the TV watching them. I was just so fascinated by them. I'd been sending them tons of, of fan letters, and then Bob McCormick. Bob McCormick was the Muppet Workshop
2: coordinator.
1: Was coming to the University of Washington in Seattle, I'm, I'm near Seattle, to give a talk. So I went there with my bag of Muppet-type puppets that I had built, and after his talk, I, I talked to him, and he said, sure, if you're interested in working with us, send, send a videotape. This was before there were VCRs at home. But I'd been doing some shows through a local community college, so I went to them, and they pulled out this massive washing machine size one-inch Umatic machine, and so we recorded some some uh, black-and-white puppet demos on one-inch tape <laughs> and sent that, sent that into um, New York. That was in 1979. I was just a couple years out of high school. They were looking for more women puppeteers for for sesame street jim saw my my videotape they called me out and i actually auditioned with jim henson
2: what what was that like that must have been something
1: it was so amazing i i walked up to uh their townhouse in new york i did my audition around the uh the, the christmas holidays so most of the people at the office were already on their their christmas break so i i uh rang the doorbell, and Jim answered the door. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, you know, the gods from Olympus saying, Welcome! And uh, so I was just fangirling all over the place. I brought my bag of Muppet-type puppets that I'd built. They had an audition room that had uh, mirrors, and so he just walked me through some of, the, some of the basic puppeteer exercises where they have you count, they have you say the alphabet. <laughs> And look at what you do when you hit the all-important W, to see if you get all the syllables. And so I did a bit with some of the puppets I, I brought, and then he also had some like Sesame Street anything muppets. And so it was just really, really low-key and casual, and just just chatting. And it was it was just really amazing.
2: Karen was hired for Sesame Street.
1: I did a a whole bunch of characters, and they they tried me doing a little girl monster called Dina that was was very high energy. Pearl, Dina want to play, Pearl. Play. Come on, Pearl. But at that time, I had literally come from living in my parents' basement near Seattle to living in New York City, working on Sesame Street, and didn't even have a long period of just being an assistant puppeteer or doing right hands but kind of going right into you know attempting to do a main character and i i just didn't have like the life experience or the acting experience to really know how to bring depth and appeal to to that that character it was just like one one note hyperactive and so she she didn't really she didn't really work out Karen
2: worked on Sesame Street for about a year and a half, and in the middle of that, she got to go to England to be a background puppeteer on The Muppet Show.
1: So that's when I really got to see and work with Jim and Frank and Jerry and and Dave and... Louise and Steve and, like, all all my Muppet Show heroes. He
2: rocks in the treetops all day long Hopping and a and a-singing his song All the little birds on G-Bird
1: Street Love to hear the robin go Tweet twig, 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 rockin' robin' I got to, to perform Rockin' Robin with Dave Golds doing the little dancing feat for it. And So that was fun. That was amazing. So that, that really, that was a valuable training period for me to step back i didn't have the the pressure of doing a featured character i just see how the pros do it see how they they bring depth and appeal to a character and just technically how how they work with the crew how they 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 work with you know crawling under sets and just everything and working with each other so that was that was a really valuable education
2: All of this was building to the audition for the role to which Karen would forever be known for.
1: For what they called at the time the International
2: Children's Show. That was the working title. It's better known to you and I as Fraggle Rock. I'm Liam Gerrity. It's time to meet your maker. <clears throat> Excuse me. Meet your maker. Fraggle Rock came out of Jim Henson wanting to make a children's show about world peace, or at least encouraging pacifism. The show would revolve around five Fraggles: Gobo, Moki, Wembley, Boober, and Karen's character Red. Although at the start, Karen really wanted to audition for Moki.
1: They sent out the little pamphlet with the, the the characters before the audition, and I was saying, "Well, I'm I'm kind of quiet, and I'm I'm I draw, and I'm artistic. So so I I really want to do." Smoky And Red was there, I was like, ah, whatever, that's that's not really me. So when I went to the audition, and I was just like so zen at this audition, I just decided however it goes, it's fine. You know, despite things not working out on, on Sesame Street, I thought this is just, you know, Jim's giving me one more chance, and that's that's the main thing. That's wonderful. And so I just went there and I was relaxed and I enjoyed it and took turns performing a bit of Red and a bit of Moki. And with with Red it was like, okay, whatever active character, yeah, but I really want to be Moki. Got through the audition and I figured if that's as far as it goes, that's that's good. I've I've kind of, you know, it's come full circle. We got closure. Excellent. And then I got a call from Jim saying, you're on the show, we want you to be Red Fraggle. And I thanked him, and I hung up, and then I called my parents back in Seattle, and I was just crying, I was crying. Then all the zen went away. Because like, "Ah, he he wants me to be this active, loud character, and I don't know how to do that. I was just crying. And because, you know, doing an active character before didn't work out, and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this?
2: Kathy Mullen got the role of Moki. She was an experienced puppeteer, She'd been on the Muppet Show and was fresh off performing Kira in The Dark Crystal so she worked with Karen on the role.
1: I was still living in New York and so and she was in New York so we would just get together with the early versions of the the puppets of the characters and just, just do some exercises of the of the characters interacting with each other figuring out how to make their voices and energies contrast and that that really helped. This is terrible. Gee, I don't know, Red. I mean, I have this new way of looking at life. I mean, I believe that if we are kind and loving and caring fraggles, nothing truly bad can ever happen to us. So being trapped by gorgs and locked in a cage is not a bad thing? Well, maybe. But I I was still nervous. In fact, for like the first seven shows of... The, the series I was just really nervous about you know just doing the right thing with this active character you know not not totally quite in touch with the with the you know the high energy forward moving part of of myself until episode 7 I want to be you where red pretends to be moki ironically and how And in discovering who Red was not, I finally discovered who Red was. He's right, Moki. I was trying to gather radishes like you. I was trying to do everything like you. Let's face it, I make a crummy you. (laughs) And she clicked, and like my inner Red just kind of emerged. Hi, everybody. Hi, Red. You're looking at... Good old Red Fraggle, master of the slide. Then from then on, the, the the character just worked. So it's like it's like Jim saw my inner Red before I did, and just threw me off the deep end, and figured I'd catch up at some point. <laughs>
0: Yes, Fraggle was a, a great production to work on.
2: That's Dave Goles, who you might know better as Gonzo the Great. And now,
0: students of the occult!
2: Or Bunsen Honeydew.
0: I'm Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. This is Muppet Labs.
2: Or indeed, Boober Fraggle.
0: Down at Fraggle Rock.
2: As a lead Muppet performer, Dave had a slightly different experience to Karen of becoming Boober Fraggle.
0: We all saw the character descriptions in the Bible before we actually went and played with the characters. And I thought, oh, well, they're, they're writing Boober for me because I had previously had a conversation with Jerry Jewell on the plane.
2: Jerry Jewell was head writer for The Muppet Show and was now writing Fraggle Rock.
0: I said, I just worry about death and laundry. And I riffed on that for a while. And that was maybe two years before. and I And I thought, oh, he's... He snagged onto that. Jerry denied. Jerry Jewell, the the head writer, denied for years that he had written each character for a specific performer, and then maybe twenty years later, he finally copped to it. <laughs> and so, it, it, they were written for certain ones of us.
2: And what what do you think it was about Boober that was written for you?
0: Uh, the the fear. I had I had certain anxiety in my twenties about about life, about flying on planes, you know, just there, Boober is a part of me, for sure.
2: Dave also played Uncle Travelling Matt, who'd sent postcards back to the Fraggles from his travels in outer space, e.g. Our World.
0: Follow me, gobo, follow me You see, every day the
2: world begins again, sunny skies or rain Come and follow me Uncle-traveling Matt scenes were the only ones not filmed in a studio. They'd go out into the real world. So that must have been fun,
0: right? Well, I will turn that question back to you. Imagine yourself at 8 in the morning, lying in the snow, on a street in Cabbage Town in Toronto, and having our switcher walk by and say, Oh, good morning, Dave. (laughs) On his way to his nice, cozy little control room where he worked all day. (laughs) So there was a lot of crazy stuff, and Jerry Jewell who has this reputation for being such a sweet, nice man, in fact, had a sadistic streak. And he wrote me into, first, a chicken coop with a dozen chickens in an eight-by-eight-foot room that was just smelled like ammonia. It was horrible. And when he heard my story about that, he immediately wrote me into a, a pen with a 700-pound sow. And uh, when he heard my story about that, because if the sow rolled over, the zookeeper said, just get out of there, I can't help you so then he wrote me into the city dump and I was buried in, in garbage working mat sitting on top of a pile of garbage and then he wrote me onto a roller coaster which I, I it was another boober part of me I, I always told Jerry I don't go on roller coasters so of course he wrote traveling Matt onto one and I had to ride it 13 times but I have to say it, it totally converted me I'm a, I love roller coasters now ah! oh, oh! rapid transit is not for this fraggle
3: The reason I became a puppeteer was Fraggle Rock. Puppeteer John Tartaglia. I remember very distinctly, my mom and I were on a road trip to Tennessee. I was probably about seven years old, and we stopped, we stayed at a hotel that had free HBO, and so I'd never seen Fraggle Rock before. And my mom turned on the television, and I just had this very vivid, distinct memory of seeing Gobo and the Fraggles and just being glued.
0: Look what I found! Wow! Gobo's! It's really
1: incredible! Yes. What is it? It's a two-headed broom for cleaning the floor and the ceiling of your cave at the same time.
3: It was candy to me. I couldn't get enough of it after that. My memories of my childhood always involve Fraggle Rock.
2: Fraggle Rock ran for five seasons, a total of 96 episodes between 1983 and 1987.
3: The original series went off the air, stopped airing in 87. And I remember that because I remember the the last episode aired and being crushed. So funny because when I was growing up, people in my life would say, what's your dream job? And I'd say, well, it doesn't exist anymore. And they'd say, what do you mean? And I'd be like, well, it doesn't exist anymore. And I would explain my dream job would have been to work on Fraggle Rock and be a Fraggle Rock puppeteer. And of course that show at that time was out of production. So it was like, You know, it was one of those like, ah, if only wistful, if I had been born 20 years earlier, you know, dot, dot, dot. John ended up not in Fraggle Rock, but like
2: Karen Prell on Sesame Street. The neighbors down the street, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From the age of 16, John would spend holidays from high school working on the show.
3: When I was 18, I I was actually about to go to college. I had a scholarship to the University of Maryland, which is where Jim Henson went. And I was literally like two and a half weeks from going. And I got a call from Sesame Street asking if I wanted to come and basically join the season. And, you know, it was one of those like life, okay, I could spend four years in college wondering what my life would have been, or I could pursue the dream. And as my mom points out, I got exactly what I said I was going to get at eight years old. At 18, I was working in New York City as a puppeteer for the Jim company. If I couldn't have Fraggle Rock, then Sesame Street was a wonderful place to go, to. <laughs>
2: Little did John know that in the middle of a pandemic, his dream was about to come true.
3: What's amazing is when when everything shut down, when the, when the pandemic started becoming a thing and, and companies were shutting down and we knew we were going to shut down um, and work from home, Um, I had had the Fraggles in my office, something inside of me was like, I think I should bring them home with me. And part of it was just because I couldn't stand the idea of them being locked up for, you know, however long in this office, you know, these like legendary beloved characters being locked up in an office by themselves. So I brought them home and not even two weeks later, I guess it would be Apple got in touch and said, hey, uh, you know, we don't know what you guys are doing with Fraggle Rock right now, but we would really love to produce these shorts for families that are at home right now and and kind of use the fraggles as a great example because they all they are all about interconnectedness and and friendship and making the best of any situations and use them as an example of positive ways that families can connect right now and just
2: like that the fraggles are back Braggle Rock, Rock On is filmed on iPhones by the puppeteers in their own
3: homes. If you had told me three months ago, maybe four months ago, that my office was going to be turned into a, a, a little mini television studio <laughs> with a blue screen and seven lights, and I would have thought you were nuts. But, but it's funny—we just we just figured it out. Both
2: Dave and Karen have returned to play Red Boober and Uncle Traveling Matt.
0: If you happen to own a TV studio right now, you know, like a four-wall studio, might be a good time to sell. <laughs> Who's gonna to wanna to go to work after this? <laughs> we can just do it from home.
2: Let me be your song, yeah. You can sing along. This new series features the Fraggles living in separate caves during a period of social distancing and interacting with each other using a video chat system that was installed by the Doozers. So sometimes they end up chatting with people like Alanis Morissette Neil Patrick Harris, and Common.
0: Yeah.
3: The,
0: the production of these little shorts was remarkable because we're all working from home. It was a real accomplishment, I think. The Henson production people were amazing and they actually made things that looked darn good, considering.
2: Unlike John, Dave didn't have Fraggles just lying around the house. He did have some Muppets, though, which had been shipped to his home a few weeks back.
0: I have some of the Muppet Show characters here, and by the time Fraggle came to me, I, I didn't want to do it. I said, I don't want more germs in the house. I left, I left the Muppets sitting for three and a half weeks before I touched the box. I mean, after I bleached it, I, then I opened the box. And it just happened that the fragos were offered. So I, I just did the voices in these. And Johnny Tartaglia did the manipulation. He did a spectacular job.
2: And it might be no bad thing for Dave Golds to take a break from the puppeteering side of things just for this project. His arm must be killing him at this stage.
0: Not just my arm. <laughs> no, I've had four shoulder surgeries, including a full replacement. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So it is tough. There's a lot of wear and tear. I probably have done more hours of it than any of our other puppeteers at this point. And, uh, I've worn away a lot of cartilage. I have a, a left hip that had to be resurfaced and, you know, I altogether about nine surgeries for repairs. If I'd known that there were going to be surgeries when I first met Jim and that would mean like IVs and things like that, I would have said, no, I'm not doing it. I would have backed away from the whole career and taken something, something much more sedentary. For John
2: Tartaglia, it's been a childhood dream come true. He feels this is the right time for the Fraggles, with their original messages of hope and harmony to return.
3: Each of them represents such an important part of the human personality that it felt like it was also a great way to show that, you know, when you're on those Zoom calls or you're on those those FaceTimes with your family or friends, like, everyone's going to act differently. Everyone's going to have different ideas of how to how to sing a song or how to play a game or how to do a talent. So it just kind of it it was a very natural thing to, to, to kind of put them in in this you know situation.
1: Well, when I'm West, I take the I like best so
3: How do you feel about carrying on Jerry Nelson's gobo? Oh it's it's something that I I still don't really process i'm doing or, or that's happening because i i am such a jerry nelson fan you know i got to work with him on sesame street and i felt like he was jerry was like you know the ultimate mentor both in performance and in personality he was just the coolest guy in the world and was you know he, he basically performed like every character that i grew up you know being in love with and and i i think that for me it's it's like i always say and i, I really feel this that i'm I'm just kind of carrying the torch, you know what I mean? Like he passed it and I get to, you know, I get to carry it and maybe pass it on again someday. it's ( weerm�이) it's It's surreal. It's really surreal. When I put on Bobo and I, and I look in the, in the monitor and I see him up there and I'm doing the, it's, it's so surreal. And it's hard he's you know gobo was very much jerry you know he didn't talk very far off from jerry at all it sound it kind of sounds like jerry talking and jerry's voice is so distinct so matching that is hard because there's there's not a lot of character sound to cover it up if that makes any sense so so it's not a big broad well i'm doing a goofy voice it's not something you can you can it's, it's really just trying to sound like jerry talked you know when you'd hang out with him having a cup of coffee. So uh, I feel lucky I got to know him personally because I can draw a little bit from that. But yeah, it's it's daunting. I guess that's the word. It's daunting. I I definitely get cold sweats from it sometimes. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm playing GoBo. I have to get this right.
1: It has been a a joy. I have loved working with this this new set of people for these these shorts. We all click together really well. Just just like the the original group. Clicked together, and it's it's all been you know very technically challenging to figure out shooting shooting from from home. But we've all supported each other just in the true Fraggle crew spirit. You know, did the best we could, found things to just have goofy, silly, silly fun with. So it's just got a lot of the a uh, lot of the original feeling.
3: But it's funny, we just we just figured it out, and and I think it really goes to show that. A, anything is possible. It, you know, sometimes you have to be in the situation to figure out, but I also think it, it shows that, you know, it, 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 I think in the darkest times in history, the most incredible art has come out of it. And I, I feel like it's very exciting because it's not only bringing back the fraggles and these shorts, but it's also, in my, in my mind, kind of rethinking how you can produce beautiful television if you have to. It's an amazing um, unexpected journey, <laughs> I guess is the way I'd put it.
2: There's something that feels just right about Fraggle Rock returning to the world at this moment.
0: We feel that way at the Muppets, too. It's just the world needs some innocence and joy.
2: And even though the series ended in 1987, almost 35 years ago, the team somehow knew it wouldn't be the last time we'd see the Fraggles. On May 16th, 1986, Jim Henson and the crew from Fraggle Rock, including Karen and Dave, gathered to celebrate the end of production with a rap party in Toronto. Jim Henson spoke at it.
0: No, it, this this whole project of Fraggle has been a joy from the beginning, and I think uh, from the very first time when we uh, had the meetings about this project, and uh, it's it's fun when you when you start off trying to do something that uh, makes a positive statement, and I think that's basically what we started off to do with Fraggle Rock, and I think that brings out the best in a lot of people, and brings out the best in the performers and the writers and and all of you people here in the room. And I think the, uh, the body of work of Fraggle Rock is something that's going to stay around, and I think it's something we're all going to be proud of for a long time. And, uh, and I think that's, that's really nice. And so I thank you all for all of it.
2: At the end of the evening, the Fraggles themselves appear from behind a cover and begin singing a song from the show, except the lyrics have been changed.
1: But we're here to tell the truth about it anyhow. That will live as long as silly creatures do. We're the wonder in the children who believe in us. With the everlasting hope the parents feel. And it makes us proud to say it as you're it us.
0: The work and play of you who made us real. We'll work together some tomorrow. We'll be together once again. Don't ask me how, but we'll achieve it. Believe we'll it, we'll be back, we'll be new, we'll be the same.
2: At this point, the Fraggles and their puppeteers come out from behind the cover and everyone stands to their feet. The Fraggles believed they'd be back, and now they are. And for John Tartaglia, it's been a dream come true.
3: That's why it's so surreal now to be in this position. So it's, it's um, you know, it's, it, it is kind of like if you believe hard enough and wish hard enough, I guess I'm, I'm a, a corny example of that.
0: <laughs>
2: Fraggle Rock, Rock On! is available now on Apple TV with new episodes weekly. In just a minute, we'll hear what Dave and John have to say about the long-rumored Fraggle Rock movie. But first, Meet Your Maker is produced and hosted by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. My thanks to Julia Crom at DDA and Nicole Goldman at Henson. Don't forget, you can support Meet Your Maker at patreon.com forward slash Maker. Okay, so rumors of a Fraggle Rock movie have been floating around for a long time. In 2005, the movie was in development. In 2011, apparently the deal fell through. In October of that year, the company New Regency announced that they had bought the rights to produce the film. And the last mention of it was when Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was apparently going to star in it, tweeted that he'd had a meeting about it in 2018. So will the arrival of this new Fraggle Rock TV series help kickstart the movie?
3: I hope so. I, you know, I think what it's proven is that there is such a love for these characters, and that there's such a love for this world, you know, and that people people want an escape right now. And I feel like, you know, anything Fraggle Rock, I am I'm in. <laughs> Doesn't you literally don't have to twist my arm at all. Um, and and I think what it's it's shown is that the, that's a, there's a real love for the characters if you grew up with them. And what's really cool for us is seeing. Um, the, the, you know, kids and the next generation who have no, you know, experience with Fraggle Rock because they're too young, how they're glamming to the characters and glamming to these shorts. You know, we hear that all the time that, that these, the kids want to watch them over and over again. So that, that's the most exciting to me. So I think there's a lot of hope. I hope that there's, it wouldn't that be amazing if, if there's more Fraggle Rock in the future?
0: You know, well, the thing about Fraggle is that there are so many people like 30 to 50 years old who grew up with it and just love it. And so anytime we've ever done an event where we screen something and you know we do Q&A, it's always sold out because people want to pass that part of their childhood along to their kids. So I, it would be really wonderful if, if the world had some more from the Fraggles. It would be great.
2: Meet Your Maker is a member of The Warren, the home of Great Irish Podcasts. For more, including my podcast, How To Be Sound, see thewarren.ie.